0: And a good Sunday morning to you. Susie is taking a bit of a vacation. She'll be back next Sunday morning here on 830WCCO. Denny Long in her stead. And uh, by golly, I look over across. Well, I'm not really looking at it because I can't see Dr. Hilden. But Dr. David Hilden has uh, made a return visit. We're kind of like the Eagles uh, Eagles <laughs> Eagles uh, uh, what do they call that what was the concert uh, The Hell Freezes the Over Tour Danny <laughs> That's what that's what we're doing this morning but I I'm so glad to, to 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 have and I know our listeners have been bugging me to get you back on the radio and I know you're a busy, busy doctor, and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time today. But uh, uh, it, I know it's going to go by quickly, as it always does. For those that don't know, Dr. Hilden and I worked, boy, what was it? Uh, Ten years plus, right, I, I Indeed, would say?
1: Indeed, Danny. Yeah, we did. Uh, we. This is our hour. It was for a decade and plus. We did yeah. our, our Healthy Matters show here on this air from, oh, I think it was in 2009. I remember it. I remember the day like it was yesterday, but it was January 2009, and you said on the radio, we were at the studio together, you said, let's pop the champagne cork, or no, break the, break the bottle over the bow of the ship and <laughs> launch this thing, and that was 2009, and uh, we did that for 12 or 13 years every Sunday morning, and we Absolutely. talked to everybody about their health, and it was just a great, great time of my life.
0: And ours too, and our listeners especially, uh, and uh, State Fair too. We were out there doing uh, doing a live broadcast there. But uh, so glad again to have you uh, on the radio. Now, if you have uh, if you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. Dr. David Hilden is an internal medicine physician at Hennepin Healthcare here in the uh, Twin Cities, and uh, he treats adults. Want to make make that uh, point again? Uh, and if you have any kind of a general health question, that's what, we're, what kind of we we call it an open line show, right? Just like we used to.
1: Just like we used to do and and yeah, yeah, I do treat adults. Um I don't do kids or I don't deliver babies, but I can i I'll I'll do my best to answer any question you might have of anything that's on your mind, whether that's a personal health issue or something you're reading about healthcare in the news. One one thing nice about doing health care now, Danny, is that it's not always, always, always about COVID. Although if you have questions about that, I'm happy to answer that as well.
0: Very good. I want to ask you a couple of things while we're waiting for some uh, calls and text messages. Uh, so call now, text now. It's uh, One number will get you either a phone call or a text message uh, to Dr. Hilton, 651-461-9226. I wanted to mention or ask you a, a couple of things now. On Tuesday, yeah, this coming Tuesday, uh, I, I go to one of the Hennepin clinics, and uh, I had a COVID shot last August. Uh, August. And I thought they told me there that I could get another one probably about this time. Is that right? I'm a little confused about that.
1: Yeah, that you you and and kind of everybody, Denny, the, the current situation with COVID is that it's an endemic situation. That's a different thing than a pandemic. Pandemic means it's pretty much everywhere. It's all over the world. It's out of control. It's affecting the world. Endemic means a virus that lives among us uh not at pandemic levels but like the common cold is an en- endemic e n endemic common cold is endemic so now the vaccine situation with covid is is that we are it's likely going to end up being roughly an annual vaccine sometimes some of us thought that in 2020 and that's probably what it is now if you have received the latest mono, monovalent vaccine That's the one you want. Um, It only came out last fall. If you got that once, you're good to go. You don't need to get another one now. Uh, That will change six months from now, one year from now. The vaccine information will change. And we've learned a lot, a lot, a lot about the vaccines. Uh, They are exceptionally good at preventing death. And they're really good at preventing you from getting sick. But they're not great at is preventing you from getting it in the first place and that our our knowledge of that has has evolved since 2020 so it's well worth getting um the covid vaccines um probably a million people died of covid even now we think those numbers are less Mm -hmm. Or Excuse me, those numbers are larger than that Mm -hmm. because we would put down on death certificates, died of pneumonia, died of this, died of the other thing. When one happens, they died of COVID. So it's probably more than we even estimated. We've learned that now. But many, many, many more people, hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions more would have died without the vaccine. So they did that portion of it. But if you think you're not going to get COVID from it, that's probably not the case. You can still get the illness even with the vaccine, but it is a strong recommendation to keep getting it.
0: One more question about that. Is there such a thing as a bivalent COVID? There used
1: to be. Yep. That was one of them for a while there, and that, that did a couple of strains. Right now, um, you know, the strains, this thing mutates so fast. Good grief, this thing is a shape changer. Mm. If it were in a Marvel movie, it would be something that changes its shape constantly. Every, and the current strain is, I think, it, I have a hard time keeping up with it. It's still the Omicron strain, but it's the sub strain. I think is JN1 now. Although everybody listening, don't take that to the bank and said, I heard on the radio it's JN1. I think it is. But even that could have changed by now. So the bivalent vaccine is an older
0: one. All right. I want to ask you uh, as we move through this hour, doctor, about uh, all this, the weight loss medication we're hearing about. We'll do that. Uh, That seems to be the rage these days. We're getting a lot of text messages already, and uh, you're welcome to call in or, uh, again, send a text to Dr. Hilden, 651 461 Uh, Here's one that just came in. Is it normal for an older man, 70, to have erratic urine flow?
1: Normal's an interesting term. I would say it is exceptionally common. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if, if if by if by normal you mean common, the answer is a resounding yes. In fact, I think you, you will find very few men of a certain age who don't have urinary problems of some kind. If if by normal you mean is is it what your body's supposed to be doing, the answer to that is no. Uh, uh um, it, it, it's, But it's It's like your your brake pads wear down in your car. Is that normal? That's uh, not supposed to be doing that, but it's exceptionally common. So it's generally because your prostate is getting big. And all men uh, uh, are born with a prostate. It's a little gland about the size of a walnut. And your urinary flow goes right through it. And if it gets big, it starts to pinch on that flow. So Okay, uh, ladies, women, if you're listening to this, this is a true thing for men. If you're standing there at the urinal, sometimes it's hard to get things started. Sometimes it's hard to get things stopped, your urinary stream. Sometimes the stream of urine isn't as strong as you as it once was when you were a younger dude. Um, all of those things are very, very common and are usually, most of the time, due to a big prostate. There are some treatments you can do for that. There are some medications you can do for that that effectively... Uh, can help you. But it's, it's I don't want to say an inevitable, but it's exceptionally common, men. It's a, something we get to look forward to.
0: Very good. Let's take a quick break. Invite our listeners to join in, getting a bunch of uh, text messages as we speak. 651 461 If you're just joining us, Dr. David Hilden, internal medicine physician at Hennepin Healthcare has uh, returned to To our airwaves here on 830 WCCO, 33 degrees in the Twin Cities, Denny, and for Susie, again, she'll be back uh, next Sunday here. Stay with us on News Talk 830 WCCO. 7:22 Seven twenty two in the morning. It's a Sunday morning, our health hour here in A three O W C O. Denny Long, along with Dr. David Hilden, internal medicine physician at Hennepin Healthcare, answering those general health questions on an open line show this morning. Just like we used to do, and as you can tell, Doctor Hilden, we have we have plenty of listeners who are glad to have you back, and we are too, and a lot of questions to uh, to keep you busy here this hour. Um uh, again for newer listeners here's our phone number it's also our text number 651 let's grab a couple of phone calls before we get back to the uh, text uh, messages mike i think is first up here from andover uh, mike thank you for waiting what, what's your question for dr hilden yeah my question is regards our uh, prostate business again uh in respect uh i have an enlarged prostate i'm 89 years old and i had it checked out uh if you don't take care of that? Will that close off completely? And then the second question is, I also had at the same time, he checked my bladder out and he saw a couple of spots. He says, it doesn't necessarily mean it's cancer, but he just left it up to me if I should have it checked out.
1: Yeah, great questions, Mike. Uh, So... It, it, your prostate may continue to grow in size um, over the next decade of your life, and will it close completely? Not likely, but it very likely will continue to get worse in a weaker stream of urine and just um, more and more problems. So there are medications, one to get the flow a little bit better, although that they're they're going to lose effectiveness. There are other treatments, hormonal treatments in a pill form, that can shrink the size of your prostate, um, uh, so that can help out a little bit. They do have some side effects and then third, if it gets really bad, um, not to put too fine a point on it, but urologists are basically fancy plumbers when he, when it gets right down to it <laughs> <laughs> they can they can do a, you know, I have very many urology friends and I would tell them that to their face uh, but they uh, they can sort of rotor rooter out the situation they can uh, they can make the flow better that's a procedure it's not the most fun day you'll ever have Mike so if it gets really really bad though do see your urologist. As for the bladder, uh, spots in your bladder are clearly not normal. Whatever those things are, it's a very simple test. Although it's not simple for you, it's simple for the urologist. They put a camera up in your bladder, um, and they just take a look. Uh, if you're an otherwise healthy guy, if you're healthy in other ways, your life expectancy is pretty dang good at age 80, at eighty nine, and so. Uh, then I would probably go ahead and do it. Now, if you have 12 other medical problems, you've got horrible heart failure and you've got, you've got lung problems and emphysema and 20 other things wrong with you, you maybe don't want to worry about your bladder. But if you're otherwise healthy, maybe go ahead and get it done.
0: All right. Very good. Uh, before we get back to test text messages, let's, uh, let's grab a phone call. I think Dave is on the horn uh, this morning. Uh, Dave, thank you for waiting. What is your question for Dr. Hilden? Hi, good morning. I have maybe it's a two-part question. I've been on—I'm seventy-two. I've been on managed uh, blood pressure medicine, Lisinopril, for a number of years. I had a mild, mild stroke in July. No ramifications since then. But now I'm I'm enjoying working out and trying to get in good strength and shape. And it seems that when I am finished working out, my blood pressure is really low, like you know, down around one hundred or even below one hundred sometimes, and then but when i'm not working out it seems like it's you know 130s 140s and uh, and it seems to it seems almost to correlate with my pulse if my pulse is high my blood pressure is low and vice versa does this make any sense and and should i be concerned about future stroke with, by working out hard
1: Yeah, they're they're great. Good questions. Uh, In the first place, um, the number one risk factor for stroke is high blood pressure. So it's great that you're keeping your blood pressure under control, Dave. That 130s is great. I love it. And so the lisinopril is doing its job there the the issue with running blood pressure is only too low if it gets really too I mean it's only dangerous if it gets really low and it's causing you to be dizzy and passing out that's clearly not good so we wouldn't want that and when you're getting down to 100 you're getting down into the low range there so i would just recommend that you that you modify or your your workout regimen so that you're not overdoing it uh, the you don't need to you don't need to you're not training for the Olympics here you you don't have to overdo it um keep yourself extremely well hydrated because probably what's happening is that given your blood pressure given the fact that you're altering your blood pressure with a medication you're not 22 anymore you're 72 so the the the, the, the control functions of your heart rate and your pulse and your blood pressure all that they are not probably quite as uh, quick as they used to be, and so if you're a little dehydrated and you're working out and you're on a blood pressure medicine, you might get a little bit of a low blood pressure. I would continue to be active though. I would work out. I'd walk. I would do gentle jogging or, or gentle biking, but keep your heart rate reasonable. Some people say that you should take your age, or sorry, take the number 220, subtract your age, and uh, you should that should be your ultimate maximum. So if you're, if, you're, if you're 72 years old, you should not be um, higher than 150 of your heart rate. And then you should probably be 60 to 70% of that. So your heart rate should really only be about 100. I'll bet you're going faster than that. So it's good for you to work out. Just modulate it a little bit, not quite so, so much. Continue to take your blood pressure medicine and stay well hydrated. And I think you'll probably be okay.
0: Back to the text messages, uh, Dr. Hilden. Here's one from Marie who says, I'm having pain in my legs, almost like after I've really uh, severe leg cramps. Uh, Could it be my potassium or calcium is low? Uh, I am on. You have to help me this. Is it anastrozole? Uh, And she said, I do drink plenty of water.
1: Yeah, um, anastrazole is is, uh, um, a hormonal agent generally for breast cancer and some things like that. It's not one I prescribe much, but lots of people are on it. Uh, Yes, it could be your electrolytes, Marie. It could be your potassium. It could be your magnesium or your calcium. Uh, I mean, I say could because your body is really good at, at regulating the levels of especially potassium. Holy cow, your kidneys are so good at that. Um, And so assuming your body's doing what it's supposed to, those may be your problem, but maybe not. Uh, um, But people do get leg cramps all the time. So you could have that checked out. You can look to see if you're anemic, so they can do your cell counts to check your hemoglobin. You can have your doctor check out things like your magnesium and your potassium and your calcium. And if all that stuff is just normal, then I would suggest just a program of stretching and massaging of your calves, and uh, some people think mustard helps. I don't know if that's a true statement or not, but some people think that that does for leg crampings, and uh, see if that doesn't help you out. Remember, we,
0: we on one of our shows, talk, we had people calling about mustard. I don't know if it was Grey Poupon or
1: yeah, if it was seriously, right. <laughs> Denny. I think I learned that from the good, the collective wisdom of WCCO listeners. Yeah, yeah hey, doctors yeah. don't know everything. Sometimes it's the collect. In fact. The, the, the sum total of what I don't know is is mind-bogglingly large. But the collective wisdom of listeners said, uh, hey, a little bit of mustard helps. Yeah,
0: we do have smart listeners. I'll tell you what, before we take a break for weather, let's grab another phone call. I think Beth has been waiting there on the line to ask you a question. Thank you, Beth. What is your question for the doctor? Um, my feet are so itchy at night that it wakes me up constantly. I put coconut oil or Vix on so I can get back to sleep for a little while. And during the day, they're tingly, prickly, like electrical shocks, um, cold. time, And then when I get real hot at night, then that's when the itching starts. And I, I know that um, my doctor could not find anything. Um, they did a EMG and a nerve conductor, and the muscles and the nerves are excellent for my age of 76. Um, I just want to find a doctor and I don't know, my medical doctor doesn't seem to know where to go and what to do. Is there a special
1: specialist that I could go to? Yeah, I'm, th- I'm trying to think of what might be best because when we hear, um, and I'm going to talk for a second here and me see if I can, if it'll come to me, but when, when we have When we have weird sensations in our feet that sound like what you're describing, prickly things or burning things or itchy things, and it's in both feet, that's different than if it's in one. And uh, uh, you can have a mechanical problem with the nerves to your feet, like a pinched nerve generally in your lower back, and it can lead to weird symptoms usually in one leg. And that's what this EMG you had done for and the like is to try to find a neuropathy that they didn't pan out. And it sounds to me like you might be having this in both legs, and it's a little, little less common to have both legs being pinched at the same time. So then we look for more metabolic reasons, things like diabetes or anemia, or like on the previous uh, question, some electrolyte imbalances. So I'll bet your doctor has done all those things as well. And then thirdly, is it something as, as well, it sounds so kind of common as skin conditions. Do you have Uh, something in your skin itself of your feet, and so that'd be a a dermatologist. What I might recommend is a neurologist, though, with an N, neuro, neurology. Um, You maybe already saw one because they're often the ones who get the EMG, but whenever you have weird numbness, tingling, prickliness, itchiness in in an extremity like that, your best bet is probably a neurologist. It maybe wouldn't have come up on the EMG study. But they might have a few other tricks up their sleeves. They maybe have some other tests they could do. You you perhaps could get some imaging of your feet to look for some problems there uh, uh, with uh, some some x-rays or MRIs but I'm speculating without having examined you. I'm, I'm just speculating. So perhaps see a neurologist. There's another person I might suggest you see, and that's an acupuncturist. Um, uh, we have a great group of acupuncturists at Hennepin Healthcare where I work in downtown Minneapolis. They're wonderful. And they're, they're, um, they often have some, uh, some uh, ways to kind of help you out with that. So that's another thing you might consider. Very I'm sorry good. I don't have specificity for you. It's a tough one, I do have to admit.
0: Alright, Dr. Hilden, hang on. We're going to take a break for that forecast and we come back. We'll have more open line show. Dr. David Hilden has made a return visit to WCCO on our health hour here. Stay with us. Weather straight ahead on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. And a good Sunday morning to you. Welcome back to our Health Hour. Denny Long filling in for Susie Jones, who will return next Sunday, taking a little bit of vacation. If you're just joining us, Dr. David Hilden has made his return visit to CCO. He is an internal medicine physician at Hennepin Healthcare. We're kind of doing an old, I don't want to say old fashioned, something we did a lot on CCO, an open line show, your general health questions for Dr. Hilden. For those that don't know, uh, Dr. Hilden, you you have a, a tremendous podcast. I, I know my family; we really enjoy listening to that podcast. How do we find
1: that? Well, thanks, Danny. Yes, it indeed we uh, it is still under the healthy brand, uh, Healthy Matters brand name, and it, you can just go to that website, healthymatters.org, dot org, and uh, you can hear the podcast. It, we drop a new episode twice a month on Sundays, but it doesn't really matter when you go go any time of the week to healthymatters.org and you can listen to the podcast there uh, at your convenience. We try to do shows that are roughly 20 to 30 minutes long because people often listen while they're doing other things. You might be doing the dishes or cooking dinner or walking on the treadmill or in your car on a commute. And so it's a, it's a time to do what, what you're hopefully hearing here today um, on this Sunday morning is trusted medical advice. Maybe that we don't take ourselves too seriously because we're not always right on everything, but uh, but uh, a little lighthearted, but trusted, actual medical advice. Uh, um, because you know, 90% of what you read on the internet's garbage. <laughs> or Isn't that true? It's wow. just it's you know you can't. What do you believe? And so we're hopeful that you find uh, listeners find that they can trust the medical advice. Because I'll just simply tell you, if I don't know. Uh, um, I'm not trying to sell you anything. So healthymatters.org or wherever you get your podcasts, Google, Apple, Spotify. Just go to podcasts and search for Healthy Matters with David Hilden and uh, you can listen there. Most recent episodes about inflammatory bowel disease and osteoporosis.
0: It's great great information. It's a great podcast. Texter says this, and I want to ask you about uh, these, like I mentioned at the top of the hour, about these medication that people are supposedly wavy, uh, uh, they're the rage, weight loss medications. We'll do that in a minute. Uh, This Texter says this, Doctor, I recently had blood work done and my creatinine was high and my GFR was low. Should I be concerned? Uh, The texture's happy to hear both of us (laughs) this morning. How nice. Thank you for that.
1: Yes, thank you for that. Um, it, it depends. Creatinine and GFR are two measures of your kidney function. Creatinine is simply, uh, comes from the muscles of your body, it floats around your bloodstream, and we can measure it because your kidneys are supposed to get rid of most of it. And if your kidneys aren't getting rid of it, it builds up in your bloodstream. So it's an indirect measure of your kidney function. GFR is the real deal. It stands for glomerular filtration rate, and it is the true measure of how much fluid is going through your kidneys. You'd be shocked if you knew how much of your blood goes through your kidneys every minute. That number needs to be as high as possible. So if, if you're, they are simply measures of your kidney function, and if they're not completely in the normal range, you should go to your doctor and just find out why, because there's an, I don't want to say an infinite, but there are a lot of reasons Why? some of which are reversible. These numbers aren't set in stone in many cases. You might just be dehydrated, or maybe you're taking a medication that's not great for your kidneys. Others of them are not reversible. The most common causes in our country of worsening kidney disease are, by far, diabetes and high blood pressure. So if you have one of those two things, get them under control. If you don't have one of those two things, ask your doctor what might be causing this and see if there's anything you can do about it.
0: All right. What's the deal with these weight loss medications? Uh, it, it, maybe you could shed some light on it. They, it seemed to me what I've read and heard, they were, they were prescribed for, for other reasons, and then they said, hey, people are losing their weight.
1: Exactly, Denny. You, um, you know Hollywood's all over this. If you watch the <laughs> Academy Awards, <laughs> and a quarter of the people there are on Ozempic. Um, these are medicines called uh, GLP-1s. It stands for glucagon-like peptide one receptor agonist. It's a mouthful. Which basically they were invented for diabetes. They do a really good job of of lowering the blood glucose sugar in your bloodstream, which is great for diabetes. But it has this other little effect. Oh boy, they also lead to lower appetite in some. Uh, issues in your stomach that make people lose weight, and they're great at it. I can't even tell you. Um, uh, I, I never like to say that anything's a game changer, but these medicines really did work and do so quite effectively for many people. Maybe five, ten, fifteen percent of your body weight, or more. But you can ten, fifteen percent of your body weight is is substantial, and so everybody wants them now, even if you don't have diabetes. And so drug companies are very smart they give it a new name. They change the dose just a teeny bit and they put it in a new different package and they triple the price. And so uh, the problem with it is that most insurance is struggling to pay for them or they're unwilling to pay for them. But if you have diabetes and are carrying too much weight, you should be looking into them. If you don't have diabetes and your BMI is over 30, or even a little bit lower and you have other medical conditions you should just maybe look into whether your uh, insurance will pay for it. They're not for vanity pounds. This isn't so I can drop 10 pounds so I can fit into my swimsuit this summer or anything like that, but they're for the health benefits. It's worth it for people who are carrying too much weight to at least look into them. They're 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 pretty good medications actually.
0: Am I correct in hearing and I think I read this somewhere whether it's true or not that what once a person starts on the, the these medications, you have to continue them. Is that true?
1: Yeah, that is the case. Now, unfortunately, if you stop them, the weight usually comes back. Oh, yeah. um, and, and so um, we, we like to, or I like to at least, make sure that people know that obesity is not a character flaw. Um, people always say, well, just eat less. You know, know, it's not so simple. Who among us is perfect? Now, granted, there are many, many behavioral changes that need to happen. You do need to be active. You do need to watch your diet very carefully. But there are a complicated set of bio biological processes going on that lead to obesity. So I'd like to make sure we don't point the finger at people, but we treat all people with the respect they need. And for some people, it is um, uh, uh, something at least to consider if you can get it done, if you can get your insurance to pay for it.
0: Dr. Hilden, a texter says, uh, the question is, is it okay for seniors with sleep problems to take natural products
1: like melatonin? Yeah, melatonin's probably just fine. Um, uh, the one because de- it's a it's a hormone that's produced anyway in your body, and you you kind of augment what your body's doing with a pill might be okay. I don't think there's a ton of downsides. Uh, the one thing to do is do it a few hours before you're going to bed. One, two, three hours before bed. It is not like a sedative. This isn't Valium. It isn't like you take this thing and 20 minutes later you're zonkered. What it is, is it is a natural hormone that regulates your body's sleep-wake cycle. So give your body a little time to adjust. Take it with dinner time, a small dose that you can buy at the grocery store or the drugstore. Take it with dinner time or shortly after dinner, and that might help you sleep a little bit later in the day. Uh, um, Yeah, I think it's probably pretty safe. All right.
0: A quick break is in order. We're going to come back and do uh, the remaining minutes of our health hour. Dr. David Hilden, internal medicine physician at Hennepin Healthcare, answering your general health questions this Sunday morning here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Stay with us. Good Sunday morning to you. Welcome back to our health hour here on 830 WCCO. Denny Long in for Susie. She will return next Sunday morning. Uh, we have the great pleasure of uh, having Dr. David Hilden, internal medicine physician at Hennepin Healthcare, uh, returning uh, to the, the WCCO airwaves. As we used to say in the biz, and uh, glad to have. Me. I know our listeners are, are really excited to have you back on the radio. Um, boy, well, our time is so limited here. Let's see uh, who we can, how many folks we can help out before taking their leave. Um, an MRI, Texas has showed a perform a performer impingement. With nerve and muscle and lower back leg, two different shots did not help. Is the next step a chiropractor or acupuncture, massage? What do you think for that, uh, listener?
1: Yeah, an impinged nerve is simply your your nerves are little strings of spaghetti that go out of the bones of your spine, and they have to go through a little hole called the foramen. That hole isn't much bigger than the nerve itself. If it gets pinched in that little thing, your nerve is like getting pinched, like a, like you're stepping on a garden hose. It gets pinched. It's being it's pinched against the bone, and so it hurts. Yes, chiropractic might help, but maybe not so much in that situation, but it might. Physical therapy might help, massage therapy might help, acupuncture might help, but but none of them are going to get rid of that pinched nerve. They might help some of your discomfort. If it's horrible for you, you can see somebody to do a surgery, I don't recommend that first, um, but that can be a last resort. There are, are some medications you can try, but they are also troublesome. So I agree with this texter. Try some of these other things. Try acupuncture. In all honesty, that's what I'd try next.
0: All right. Very good. Uh, boy, a lot of people can relate to this next question. Do you have uh, any ideas to help my sugar addiction? Texter says, I'm in my late 60s and cannot seem to keep away from it.
1: Well, I just applaud you for recognizing that probably the worst things we eat are refined sugars. All I can tell you is just on your diet, do your best to, here's some tips, eat low on the food chain, Um, eat um, as many plant-based things as you can, eat whole foods, something that looks like it did when it was in nature. um, In other words, if it was processed, it's probably been processed by taking that grain or that product, it was probably made into a powder, and then it was probably formed into the shape of that thing that you're eating from a box. So try to eat whole foods, whole grains, uh, things like that. Stay away from refined foods. Refined foods are the troublesome ones. Um, And certainly, don't drink your calories. The fluid that you ought to be drinking is water. There's no, no safe amount of alcohol that we know. There's no safe amount of refined sugary beverages, juices, pops, um, energy drinks. There's no safe amount. So I would do them in real, real moderation. Uh, last tip is to eat the rainbow. So eat the dark green things, the dark orange things, the things that are on the perimeter of your grocery stores. That's where you want to be. Stick to the perimeter of the grocery stores. And those are just a whole lot of rapid-fire ideas. But you're doing your best to to decrease sugars, especially refined sugars, especially liquid sugars like in Pops. Those are the things you want to avoid.
0: Dr. Hilden, it's been really great having you back on the radio. I know we have less than a minute to go. And for those folks that maybe missed uh, missed it, tell us how we find your podcast again.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Denny. Time flies. It's been just wonderful being with you in what seemed like about two minutes here, but I know it was a whole hour. My podcast is healthymatters.org. Go and listen to it at your convenience on your phone, your computer, wherever you'd like, or wherever you get podcasts like Google, Apple, Spotify, that kinds of things. And I hope you'll join us on that show as well. And as always, keep listening to Denny and WCCO.
0: Dr. Hilden, thank you so much. We'll talk soon, and uh, one of these days we'll twist your arm uh, <laughs> if ever you become that <laughs> busy, and uh, hope we can do it again. Thanks so much again. Happy to be here. Dr. David Hilden from Hennepin Healthcare. Coming up next hour, as usual, we will have uh, Bruce and Peg. I think Bruce this morning from the Wealth Enhancement Group and Your Money. Stay with us on News Talk 830 WCCO.